Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a fine Monday. It's always a good Monday when you know you're going to get to watch an awesome college basketball game at the end of the evening. But I going to get much better than what we watched on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every Monday and Tuesday. Well, we do this here at 1029 every single weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Riley swings by on Mondays and Tuesdays. Now that he's slowing up a little bit, maybe after we get through these football season, maybe we'll get him on here a little bit more. I don't know. We're going to have to... Have to really spice up his his uh, hot sauce packages that we pay him with. So. <laughs> well, you know it is golf season. I can be lured very easily with some golf packages or whatnot. So I don't know if we could do show prep while on the golf course. You know, then come here to do the show. Sounds tremendous. Couple different things to get to. We're we're going to talk. First of all, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, did the Montana Football Hour talked about the Grizz, particularly their opponent, Central Washington, coming to Missoula. On Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff, Washington Grizzly Stadium. Also heard from Brent Vegan, head football coach from Montana State. I was over in uh, Bobcat land this last weekend, so we'll get into that maybe probably actually tomorrow, some of my impressions from from practice, because we were pretty jam-packed up here today. We'll we'll flip roles. 
I'll uh, I love it. I love it. I'll pepper you with some questions. Yeah, that sounds good. And then we also talked a little bit about uh, the Big Sky Conference in football. Uh, that the teams that are playing, what the playoff race looks like right now. It seems like Weber State and Eastern Washington, the two teams from the Big Sky, that have the chance to get in. I think the league needs two teams to get in to make this spring season worth it. If they don't, I mean, I don't know. Anybody can make a run, but I just I just think it would look silly for the league if only if only one team in the 16 team bracket was in, and if Weber didn't go deep. I mean, right. I, I think right now, unfortunately, but that's what expectations do for you. If Weber doesn't make the semifinals, I think it's it's an unsuccessful spring. Would you agree? I mean, I, the thought was they were a top four team the whole year. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. I think they definitely need to make a run. Couple pieces of news before we get into. Uh, oh, by the way, if you missed anything in the first hour show, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, as well as by Sportsbet Montana. We're going to get into our Sportsbet Montana segment. A little money madness going on. You got one last game to bet on here in the NCAA tournament. Before that, a couple pieces of news to run by you. First and foremost, uh, Darius Henderson. Formerly now of the Montana men's basketball team, he's the latest Big Sky Conference player into the NCAA transfer portal. There's 39 men's basketball players into the portal since the end of the Big Sky tournament in mid-March. Henderson, I mean, we keep talking about this. <laughs> it's so funny because there's so many layers of the transfer portal. There's there's the guys that are leaving because they have extra years of eligibility and they're just rolling the dice and betting on themselves. Um, you know, guys like Cam Shelton from Northern Arizona, Luka Dolovich from Northern Arizona. Those guys are good players where I, I don't know if they would be leaving the program that they're in if not for the free year. It's not as much the, the farm league, minor league system in that element. You got guys like all the guys at Idaho that are leaving. Most of those guys are grad transfers, so I don't think really think you could make it as part of the trend. But then you have more concerning ones like Michael Stedman from Montana who just abruptly quit in the middle of the year. That I also don't think is part of the trend as much as it was just maybe a, a signal of a little bit of unrest internally at the Montana men's basketball program. And then you have this situation in Eastern Washington where the entire rotation is leaving. I don't think Darius Henderson fits into any of that stuff. Darius Henderson was at Montana for two years. He never played. I've never seen him play. I've never seen him play a minute. I, never, I have no impression of what he's like as a player. He never really even practiced. That, to me, just indicates that he just wasn't at the right level. And I think that that's where you get when you... I mean, he was he came in here from a lower level in the big sky anyways. Uh, UMass Lowell transfer. And then he was here, and then he was gone. And so, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, it is a part of the number, the statistic of 39 guys from the big sky into the portal. It is, uh, you know, the latest guy from Montana into the portal. But I don't think this is an accentuation of a trend. It's the least surprising of any of these guys that are in the portal. He's just, he just didn't play. Absolutely. And th- there's so many layers to why someone would transfer in the trend that is going on in college basketball now and again the areas that we can attack this i'm going to go with obviously the darius henderson angle i would put him in the category of, of lars Espy and admir basevich and nico bevins like those are the players that if you don't make the top seven or eight this is the concerning part to me if you're not in the top seven or eight what do you do in the offseason you bust your butt, you work harder, you try and get in the top eight. But but what is the trend now with college basketball? Because they're allowed to do so. Eh, okay. Leave. Yeah. Let me let me go leave and go to maybe a, a lower level school and then I'll get some minutes. Well, in reality, what's that setting you up for for life? Work harder, try and get in the top seven or eight. So every every situation has its own circumstance. But that's the maybe the most troubling trend that I see just because of the microcosm of life. That, okay, when it's too hard... I'm just going to quit and go somewhere easier. And 
That, to me, is what's tough. I mean, the Eastern Washington stuff, totally different. And even the Idaho stuff, completely different. Because they're trying to fresh start their program. Guys want one year to to go somewhere else to try and play, like a Scott Blakeney coming to Montana. I think that's a good fit for all parties involved. I don't think Idaho would be bitter, even in Montana, for that. I mean, they, they kind of knew the situation. So, uh, But the troubling trend would be the category, to me, of your Darius Hendersons. That, that uh, just fall in the fold of not getting in a rotation and then... Um, having to try and go to a better situation for them or, or AKA an easier route. So it's interesting, but it's where we're at with college basketball, I guess for, for those that didn't follow, cause I actually was late to the party on this cam Sheldon to the Loyola Marymount. Yep. That, that was an interesting move to me. I, I thought, I mean, but this also goes to show you this Coulter. I mean, going by two moves, Shantae Leggins and cam Shelton, West Coast Conference, compared to the big sky, that's obviously a move up. A lot of people... Well, so it's multiple-bid league if you play it right. And the exposure. I think exposure is so big. Even if it's not Gonzaga, you are seeing Loyola Marymount play Pepperdine on CBS Sports Network or ESPNU or or anything in between, and that is a big draw. And I think that... that, And I don't know if that's saying anything about the big sky conference, but maybe more about the West Coast Conference. Uh, But to me, I thought maybe a Cam Shelton would go to a lower-level Level, uh, I shouldn't say lower level, just lower echelon Pac-12 team or something like that, wanting the bright lights, but goes to Loyola Marymount. I thought it was a little bit interesting. I'm really curious to see where Luke F. Dolovich goes because Pacific. he could be a big P. Okay. He so, at Pacific. So there you go. Another West Coast Conference yep. bit. So I, it's interesting just to... <laughs> The transfer portal, I mean, how do we get a handle on this thing? I don't even know, man. Like I Mike mean, Hood from Montana State, He he's now at... Um, Coppin State of the MEAC. <laughs> what? I, I just don't know, man. Like, I don't want. I don't want. Ron Dixon's their head coach. I don't want. I don't want to burn anybody or, or anything like that. But like at the end of the day, th- we need to fix the culture because, again, I, I feel I don't want to go in on a specific example. But what? Let's do it. Mike Hood's good enough to score in the Big Sky Conference. Mike Hood's good enough to play in the Big Sky Conference. I thought Mike Hood was the best scoring guard off the bench in the league. He also refused to play defense and buy into what they wanted. And so Danny Sprinkle wanted to make a point and didn't play him. And then he leaves. And so how do we fix this? Charles Barkley had a great take on the Bill Simmons podcast. He said that you can talk about super teams, this, that, and the other thing. But he said, if Michael Jordan and myself and even Larry Bird to a certain extent would have just after trying for a couple years, packed it in and called each other up and went and made a super team somewhere else, none of us would have become what we become. People forget, Michael Jordan didn't win a championship until he was 30. Michael Jordan was getting his butt whipped for the duration of the 1980s. What did he do? He went and got better. He went and got to the point where he could be better than the the Bird Celtics and the the, uh, Isaiah Thomas Pistons. Charles Barkley kept getting better, kept getting better, and he never quite got to that championship level, but he also was a top-five player in the world for a full decade because of his ability to get better. If guys don't want to get go get better, I just I don't know, man. And it's, it, it's so disheartening on our side of things, too, because some of the great stories are guys that get kicked down and come back and make their way back up. And, you know, you, you, you could have left, you could have quit, but instead you stuck it out, and then you have a great culmination to your career and I just don't know if we're ever going to have those stories because if guys can just leave all the time and here's the part of the thing too when when I say fix the culture it's not just about fixing the attitude of kids coaches are equally if not more complicit in all of this if you don't want the turnover to be insane either 
you got to empower the kid, and when you know he's a project, try to tell him that that's what he's going to be and keep him around. You can't just have this, oh, I brought him in, I, I, got, I got him on campus, I think he sucks, I'm going to force him out. You know, you can't just make life miserable on guys if, if, because you misevaluated the recruiting. I can't tell you how many coaches, uh, that, that's, that's prevalent across the entire Big Sky, across all of college hoops, where these coaches are sitting here and they're, they're on one hand, talking about, uh, so bad for the basketball, so bad for the league, we're losing some of our best players to the higher levels. That's true. But you also have to look at the other side of it. If everybody's having a roster turnover of 40 or 50% every year, and half of those guys are leaving because they're getting forced out, you either got to do a better job in evaluating recruits or when those guys come in, you have to define what their roles are going to be and then develop them if you want to keep them around. Else, The, the cycle is just going to be endless. Uh, and everyone has a part in this. I do agree with that from the players to the, the, the coaches and just the culture of what it's going to be. When it comes to finding a solution, do, do we look at the NCAA? Do we look at like just coaches not putting up with it anymore? I mean, I, I think that would be impossible to try and rein everyone on the same page for that because you're always going to have those coaches that try and pluck and steal. And you know there's things going sure. on as far as you th- hate throwing out the word dirty, but like throughout the middle of the year. If, it's, I don't all, it's, to, it's happening. Right, if a play, player A is disgruntled, then a coach from a different conference comes in and, hey, you can have a home here. I mean, that's half the problem to For me, sure. too. And, and that, where <laughs> options are already presented to these guys where it's just bailing right away. I, I think the whole message of sports, right? I mean, get it, putting yourself at the highest level, trying to, to, I don't know, to absolutely maximize your talent. I, mean, we're, it's, I just don't like the trend where I'm seeing it, where it's more about, how many transfers you have more than anything else? How do you put a good team together? Here's the irony of the situation. Who was the best team in the Big Sky Conference this year? Eastern Washington. Who had the best performance at the NCAA tournament of a Big Sky team in the last 10 years, arguably? Eastern Washington. Who had the? Who was the only team in the 68-team tournament field that did not have a transfer? Eastern Washington. Exactly. Boom. They, it really is that simple. If they, if they if they were to judge Tanner Groves based on what he was his first two years there, the dude could hardly run up and down the court or catch the ball. Then by the time he's a redshirt sophomore, he's functional, but he's still like your eighth or ninth guy. And then by the time he's a redshirt junior, he puts in the work, and all of a sudden he can handle it. He can shoot threes. He gets stronger. Boom, he's the league MVP. Jacob Groves, Michael Meadows, Tyler Robertson, all of those guys two years ago, we're all averaging less than 10 minutes a game, and none of them are averaging more than five points per contest. So if you have a system and a structure, believe in it. That's what you need to do if you're the coaches. But on the other side, I feel bad for the coaches because I feel like the sense of delusion amongst the pool of players is just completely and utterly out of control. They, it's, just, it's completely out of control. And that's where I think maybe we're kind of finding the root of this. The governing body needs to put a clamp on what this is. I mean, right? The NCAA has yeah, to maybe. at least start limiting it. I don't know. I mean... I just... I don't think we can change the... We've already opened Pandora's box. The hyperexposure is nauseating to me. I don't think it's good to have pre- and post-game hype videos and highlights of every single play. I don't think it's good that athletic departments tweet like... Somebody just hit the shot of the century when it's a middle of the second quarter Big Sky Conference women's basketball game on a Thursday in Cedar City. It's completely and utterly inconsequential. And to make the kids think that it's anything more than that, to give them a taste of their own glorification, it ruins the minds of the young people. But again, there's no way to ever back off on it. You have to do it because to keep up with the Joneses, you have to do it. 
You have well. Uh, this is one thing I love about the Grizz football staff. We've I talked to Justin Green about this. They do a little bit of the social media stuff on signing day. Okay, my coach says this is what we like about this kid. You have some film. I think that part's cool. Like if it's a, if you're signing a, to a, a college scholarship, that's your moment. You, to that moment, to that point, that's a big day in your life for sure. It's the look at this sweet three that is just happening in the middle of a mid Thursday game or whatever. And the Grizzly Warner Pacific twelve to seven. But exa- right? exactly, right. Yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. But so much of what recruiting has become is you offer this guy. Okay, what can you do for me? You and you, like you're, you're a college football coach, so you offer this guy. Now you want him to tweet that you got offered because that's promotion for your program. It is, but it's also nauseating. But then this kid, okay, what kind of graphics you got for me, coach? What kind of whatever? I do respect that the Grizz do that very minimally. And again, it's a double-edged sword because the Cats have revolutionized the way that they recruit, and they've been able to go into and get some big-time guys because they're playing the game like an FBS squad. But is it good for the overall culture of your mentality of your program? But also, is it good for the kids? I, I just think that if you if you if it's made too big of a deal when it is just a normal run-of-the-mill moment or win, then that's what breeds entitlement and complacency, and those are the two biggest diseases you could have as a Division One sports program. If you're a player. And you say go to three schools in four years. Yep. And your third school, you're successful. Is it really that? I mean, for you, you have one good year, but right for a final school. But your first three years, just kind of you're unhappy and you're disgruntled, and and I think your career halfway is a fraud. I mean, the part of the whole college experience is developing into the team culture and developing yourself to maximize. You make the college choice. You commit. Commit. We could look up commit in the dictionary, right? I mean, that... I get fired up about this topic, obviously. It's why I prefer FCS football so much to a lot of different levels of football, though, because they do sell, by and large, what it's about. Both Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate, I don't know what Brett Vegan's going to do now, but both Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate, even though the Cats did a little bit more of the rah-rah graphic stuff and, and playing to the new age kids... What they were selling the recruit is a chance to come become a better man, a chance to come develop into a, from a young man to a man, a chance to be a part of something special, a chance to have great teammates, play in a great atmosphere, and further your life. Your own self-glorification and what it might do for your football future is way down the list. Program is much bigger than any individual. Exactly, and that's what I enjoy about this level of football because that's the whole thing. They tell guys, hey, if you make it from the beginning to the end, you will be successful. You'll have an opportunity. Like I ran into Shane Cochran the other day. He's a kid from Culberson, Montana, yep. walk-on, who was a you know a six-man guy in high school. And you know, Shane was never like a big star, but by the time he was a junior and senior, he was playing. He was getting playing time. He was playing in games. He was running down kickoffs all that stuff and that's cool like he got to be a part of something man i know he had to go through a lot of the coaching change stuff so he kind of got caught up in the wash but either way that to me is so much more satisfying if i was sitting there as a college athlete when my career was done to say that i did the best i could and i maintained my commitment and i stuck with a group of guys and had experiences both good and bad that's the other thing that drives me nuts is that the bad experiences are the whole point of sports losing and falling down and not getting what you want, that's the entire point of sports. And I I think that if we open up this door where when things don't go your way, it's easy for you to quit, uh, that part just drives me crazy. We've completely derailed ourselves. We're going to talk in Zaga in the National Championship, but this is a good conversation. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television. If you need a place to watch the National Championship game tonight, 
Head on down the Silver Slipper. They got 55 TVs for you to watch all the sports on, including tonight's NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament Championship. Whether it's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, Silver Slipper will have it on for you. Drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Buy or sell national championship basketball game on the other side. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home What's up, everybody? Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Cole, through Nuanas. We do this each and every Monday and Tuesday. I do this Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., right here on 1029 ESPN. Time now for a little buy or sell. We're going to implement this fun game pretty often now. I did one of these with my brother, Brooks, on Friday from Bozeman. It was a great time. This buy or sell brought to you by Sportsbet Montana. Money Madness promotion still, is still going on. Got one more day to do it. March College Basketball Mania is here and Sportsbet Montana giving away some extra prizes with the Money Madness promotion. Place your bets on the men's college basketball games through the Sportsbet Montana app at any authorized location and be entered to win a top prize of $10,000 or one of 10 $500 cash prizes that are up for grabs. Each time you place a bet throughout the tournament, you get more entries. Get in on the excitement of winning with the Money Madness promotion from Sportsbet Montana. Download the Sportsbet Montana app today and learn more about Sportsbet Montana at sportsbetmontana.com. Buy or sell, Riley. Number one, Gonzaga, a four and a half point favorite. You buying or selling that line for the Zags? I'm buying it because. Maybe I should turn on your mind. That's all right. I mean, having the controls over there. No, (laughs) I'm going to buy this. I think that before the tournament started, right, it was Gonzaga's to lose. Baylor played phenomenally against Houston, and Gonzaga obviously had to squeak by in the most epic game, college basketball game I've ever seen on Saturday. But what are lines all about? They're trying to play play the reactions. And I think that this is an overreaction a little bit to Baylor playing so well and Gonzaga squeaking by. I think this number would have been if you, before the games were played on Saturday, this number would have been about seven or seven and a half, but because Gonzaga needed a miracle, so to speak to win and Baylor shot the lights out, it's down to four, four and a half, but I'm buying the Zags. I do think that they have, uh, escaped pretty much against UCLA. They'll play a little bit more free, if that makes sense. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, they're tightening up the, the undefeated seasons on the line. They got their scare. They they proved everyone they can win a close game. So I am going to buy Gonzaga. I still think it's going to be a good game, but Gonzaga to cover four and a half. You? 
I I think it's so interesting that the last uh, Saturday's result, which by the way, Gonzaga over UCLA, one of the great college basketball games wow. that I've ever watched. It's it's not high. Name one better, because I I would you know, and I know it's the overreaction where that's the best game I've ever seen. I actually took some time on the way back to Montana and went through, tried to put together a top five, a top ten list. That game had everything, and it wasn't just bad basketball for a stretch and then a good shot at the end. That exactly. was high level exactly. basketball the whole way. And so often the the we remember the end, and we think games are so great because they were so close. That game was so great because of the execution. UCLA did everything they possibly needed to do in the first half of that game, and then they still found themselves down one. The UCLA halftime money line was just getting hammered, and everybody was probably sitting there thinking, we're in the money, we're in the money, we're in the money, and then Gonzaga goes on the late spurt, take the halftime lead, and and of course the house wins as they always do. But um, (laughs) I thought just the execution on both sides, the coaching moves on both sides, I thought that when Jalen Suggs hit the, the shot at the buzzer, which will go down as one of the great shots in the history of the tournament. And what a moment for him. I mean, he, first of all, we talk about the one and done rules and there's a, there's a lot of talk. I mean, UCLA, they got put in this position partially because they had one of the top recruits in the country. He decided to go to the G League instead of coming to UCLA. Poached. He decided to go. He, yeah, exactly. He decided to go make some money. But I thought that Darren Ravel had a great tweet. He said, Jalen Suggs, in the moment that he just had, made himself way more money than what the guys that go to the G League out of high school make themselves in terms of exposure and all that. I just thought that that, that's a great point. But when that shot went in, the celebration and the jubilance and and just all the enthusiasm, it was so awesome to watch. But I thought the game itself from a coaching perspective could be best summed up in Mark View's reaction. He immediately looked to Mick Cronin with a look of just disbelief and was like, I'm sorry. That's not yeah. how this game should have ended. You coached it right to us to have to play double overtime. Like, good for us. I'm happy to go to the championship game, but I'm sorry that a bank shot was the thing that ended it for you. Very true. And I think Mark View, his body language throughout the game, and this is credit to Mick Cronin and UCLA, he was tight. Mark View was tight. That's the most nervous. I mean, and I think his team kind of played like that, at least through the opening 20 minutes. But you're right. The reaction kind of said it all boy, what, what do you do? How does a game end like that? How are we on the right side of it? But uh, Adam Morrison, I think that's another angle of it too, that radio call for Gonzaga. And obviously the the heartbreak that he experienced against UCLA when, when he was playing in the tournament, just fitting. It's just, that's why we love sports, right? Things do come full circle. We may not see it at the time, but down the road, 15, 20 years, yes, it does. So all of that was phenomenal. But uh yeah, I'm buying Gonzaga minus four and a half. I'm fully buying Gonzaga minus four and a half, too, because I totally agree. I think they would have been a seven to eight point favorite in yeah. this if it wasn't such a close game. I think Baylor's good. I think Baylor's good enough to be a seven or eight point dog in this game. Gonzaga's been 14 and a half, 15, 16 point favorites in every single one of these games. Well, just think of it by the numbers, right? How many games has Gonzaga won less than 10 points? Two. This Two. whole season, They're right? 28. They're, well, now they're 31 and 0. 29 of their 31 wins have been by double figures. So, obviously, you would say, okay, well, Baylor obviously the number two team in the country, but shoot, you're telling me you get Gonzaga and they win by five and you win? Taking that all day. Okay. Buy or sell. Gonzaga minus 190. That's the money line. I I would lay that as well. I'm a guy that when you see value and we see crazy things happen at the end of the game as well with maybe a 
uh, backdoor cover on a three or a missed free throw at the end with nerves. And that four and a half number is scary because we all have been there, right? Gonzaga's up by three late. Uh, Baylor misses a shot. Zags make a couple free throws. Baylor comes down, hits a mercy layup at the buzzer. So I'd still lay it. I know it's a lot of juice, but... You get, hey, minus 190. I would take the money on that. I don't think the value, even if you like the Baylor side of it, I don't think the value of Baylor money line, if you're going to take Baylor, take the points because those points are very valuable, not worth the plus 160. You see the guy that smashed uh, $775,000 bet on the Gonzaga money line? No way. Against UCLA? <laughs> He's probably still in the hospital. For yeah, can we get a live stream attack. on him? Oh, my God. Well, he was, was like minus twelve hundred or something. Exactly, right? he, oh, he bet seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to win seventy-seven hundred, and that, which is a I, terrible I, bet out there. Buddy. Don't a, do it's that. A, it's a terrible Don't bet. Do that. But that he was just riding the free money train. He was oh. just thinking, "Hey, I'm just going to get an extra seven grand or whatever." And I'm sure he was sweating. Ah, uh, he got his money's all worth. The way he got down. his money's worth. Okay, buy or sell over under minus one fifty nine and a half. This is a tough one. Just to prove to everyone that we don't agree on everything here, and this is funny because right before we came on air, we both said, "What do you think?" And it was different. I I think under here. I, I think yep. that with a championship game type, I, I know that it's easy on paper to think, okay, Zags are going to run up and down. Baylor's going to smash 12 threes. In reality, I just don't. I don't see that happening. I think that there will be longer possessions because they're towards the end of the game. And if Baylor is not hot from three-point range, um, and I think this game could be played at that five- to ten-point margin, I don't know. Just first instinct to me, I thought it was too many points. Will it get close at the end? Absolutely. But uh, the foul game could be interesting. But I will buy a very light buy, Coulter, on the under. Okay. You? I got the over. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. that uh, I think I think that both. I mean, these are these are the two best scoring teams in the country. Uh, the reason I'm taking the over is that I think that both of these teams' identities is even though they both are pretty good defensively, they just can't help but get up and down. And I think they have multiple options too. I mean, you can't really game plan. It's pick your poison with Gonzaga, right? Either Suggs is going to beat you off the bounce, or Timmy's going to beat you in the post, or Kispert's going to kill you from outside. You can maybe take away two out of three, but not all three. And Baylor, they just have, I mean, they have literally seven guys that can shoot the three. So if they move the ball, they're going to get open looks. I mean, I haven't watched a Baylor game where they didn't hit 10 threes this year. Baylor smashes threes all the time, number one in the country, three-point percentage. What I will say, to your point on the over, is that Gonzaga, when a team has played them close or tested them, it hasn't been because they've stopped Gonzaga. It's just because they've scored with Gonzaga. So, yes, the Zags are pretty much unstoppable. That'll be a fun one. I think that'll be really close. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, as he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. Let's talk a little bit about Gonzaga and how they've been able to do this because I think there's multiple factors that have gone into this. For people that have only been following this rise and, I guess, affirmed, sustained run of success these last 8 to 10 years, Gonzaga has been a, a pretty prominent national. I mean, they've been a top 15 team for the last 10 years. They've definitely been a top 10 team for the last five. So it's easy to forget where they came from. They were sort of lingering in the perennial Cinderella category in the late 90s and early 2000s. But they were not. They did not. Uh, they were not attracting like these top level guys. Even when Adam Morrison was there, he led the country in scoring, and he was a very good player. But then he went to the NBA, and he was a, a pretty fringe, mediocre guy whose career didn't last very long. I mean, I guess he kind of bounced around for a while, but he was not that big of an impact player for most of his career. And that was sort of the story of the Gonzaga guys for a long time. Well, the last half a dozen years, they've really turned the corner in terms of who they can get. But I think that there's multiple things that have gone into. This private Jesuit school in Spokane, Washington, 
And, and the other thing you got to remember on a national perspective is like Spokane seems like a big city compared to where we live in Montana. But Spokane is a tiny, it's, it's not even really a city by American landscapes. I mean, what is Spokane? Probably like the 80th largest city in America. You know what? Let me fact check that. It's not, I mean, it's not very big. It's not even a half a million people. So, um, different circumstance. I mean, Spokane is a, is a rural outpost by the, by the, uh, analysis of most college basketball fans in America. So, um, but how, how have they been able to do it? I think there's multiple factors. I, I think, first of all, people didn't really know what Gonzaga was or who they were when John Stockton was there in the 80s. But then when John Stockton was one of the biggest stars in the NBA in the 90s, people started to know about Gonzaga through him. I think that's one factor. I think the rise of Spokane Hoop Fest to become the most well-attended and most popular three-on-three in the world. I mean, I believe that they, it is the, the most teams in the country for any outdoor three-on-three in the entire world. Yes. So that... I think has has made it's defined Spokane as sort of a hoops city. I think the growth of Spokane has definitely been uh, a factor. I think that when they made that first run, ninety nine, ninety nine right? with to the K- Elite Eight, Casey Cavalry, Richie yeah. Fromm. Well, then they had uh, the coach. I think I think it was Dan Monson. He left, and I thought they did such a good uh, a great thing. They invested and they invested again and they invested again. And what do I mean by that? They invested in recruiting. They invested in branding. They invested in making sure that they had the Nike logos everywhere. They invested in becoming the pro team of that city. They really sold it to Spokane. That The Zags belong to the Inland Northwest. They promoted it all the way throughout Montana even to get all the bandwagon fans. I mean, how many kids do we grow up oh, in our age demographic Zags. that are Zags fans because of that? It was very similar to what Boise State did, but I would say on even a higher level because they got the national stage each and every year. Then you talk about the conference they come from. Well, they basically got an automatic bid to the big dance every year. That can't be overstated. But I also think the way that the conference themselves reinvested in Gonzaga. They let Gonzaga take the bulk of the NCAA tournament money every single year. And when they start winning games going to the Elite Eight, now all of a sudden you're getting millions of dollars and you become not a... Even if you're in a mid to low major league, all of a sudden you have big league money because of the way that the NCAA payouts work. It's interesting because Gonzaga, there's one big piece I know that we're going to get to of Gonzaga's rise, but... You are so spot on when it comes to the the allocation of the dollars to go to the league. What's another comparison of that? Boise State football. Yep. And there's no secret as to why those two have been able to stay at the top consistently. Gonzaga was able to prove that because they were able to get the money and use the resources. And the West Coast Conference, shoot, I joke about it, but... Mark Few basically is the West Coast Conference Commissioner. They do whatever Gonzaga says. The reason why all of those other teams succeed and get the big TV contracts and even a smaller portion of that is worth it for a team like Portland, Loyola Marymount, Pepperdine, Pacifics of the world. So that's all big, but I won't steal your thunder here, but there's one huge piece to all of this. And when we talk about resources, it's the fact that they don't have football. They don't have football. That, that's exactly. a, to me that that's number one over anything else. They were able to sustain success where they they proved to me, and I think to to go back to Gonzaga and appreciate their run, and we can go dissect it. And you did, but when did they go from Cinderella to like being expected to be there? That yes, they're in a Cinderella league. But they haven't been a Cinderella for a while. When did that transition happen? How did that transi- transition happen? That, to me, is really the story in all this for the Zags rise. It's such a, it's such a dichotomy between, 
Because you could define schools that are quote-unquote basketball schools. Because Zaga is obviously a basketball school. They don't have any other sports really to fall back on. They have national brands. Villanova is a basketball school. They have an FCS football team. Um, schools like Creighton and Marquette, no football team. It is an advantage. But then people would argue, well, how is North Carolina and Duke and all that fit in the mix? Well, first of all, the collegiate sporting experience is such a part of campus life in that part of the country. And so North Carolina and Duke can be gigantic basketball schools while also still funding so much of their athletic department through student athletic fees because people will pay. They have giant enrollments that people will pay for exorbitant student athletic fees because it's a part of of going to school there. That's not the case in a lot of places out west, unfortunately. And so I think that unless you are getting the Pac-12 TV money out west, it's pretty hard to sustain. Uh, you have to pick one or the other, I guess is what I'm saying. If you're in the anything other than the Pac-12, you got to pick one or the other. You can be a football school, you can be a basketball school. And if you do pick basketball, then I think it's a huge advantage to not have football. I mean, how much does having football hold some of the Mountain West schools back, right? A I mean, lot. Where could Utah State be if they didn't have to fund football, right? Oh, they could be in the... What if New Mexico had never had yes. to fund football? How about the Wichita State? They're, they're right. another good example right. of a team. No football. They were able to put everything into basketball. You go there, you know it's a basketball school. They were able to go to the Final Four. That And then that brings me to my question, then. Could a Big Sky Conference school become Gonzaga? And I think that the only answer is, is yes, if they dropped football. Oof. Could Portland, Oof. if if the stars aligned and Portland State with their new shiny facility, if they dropped football and got into a different conference, hired a hotshot head coach and got a couple players, could is there any realm of possibilities? Maybe Portland State's the wrong example. Well, here, I guess my question is, well, how do you do it? This is great because it actually stems back to what we just talked about in the previous segment. The answer for one year is yes. Portland State is a perfect example for that. You can recruit there, but then once you have success for one year, what's going to happen? Top four or five players are going to get wooed by the sure. Pac-12s of the world. You still need, you need to have consistent resources to be able to tell a top recruit or to have... There's certain players, obviously, through the, the fold of Gonzaga that have been staples of why they've been able to be consistent, but... You have to have guys buy in for more than one year. And I, I hate doing this, but like going to the Grizz example, right? You need to have like the core of Rory Ogine and Bridget stay for three years, drop football, allocate all of your resources. That's kind of the perfect storm. I really like that Portland State example, but I would be afraid that after one good year of doing that, their core would be depleted because they don't believe it themselves that they can do it. So sure. for someone to try and to, to actually do what Gonzaga is going to do in the future, right? Two, three straight NCAA tournament bids, someone out of the big sky, I, you're going to have to get someone to believe in the vision and you're going to have to absolutely consistently pound the resources to do it. Very big long shot, but I see I see where your mind's working. It might be just once in a lifetime. I don't know. I mean, I thought UC Irvine had a little bit of a shot to do it because UC Irvine, they won 30 games back-to-back years. They got Russ Turner, who comes from the Mike Montgomery coaching tree. He's coached in the NBA. He's coached in the Pac-12. That's a fertile recruiting ground. They don't have football. They do have good funding. And for whatever reason, that, that hasn't been sustained. It's They've been kind of gone back to the middle of the pack now. And UC Irvine, I think, is a good example for the rest of those West Coast Conference teams with being able to do it on a consistent basis. I want to throw that in there. Gonzaga, 99th. City, or Spokane, 99th. In there population, 250,000 people. There you go. 
Got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Can't believe it's game week. We'll tell you all about that and much more here on Nuanez Now on 1290 ESPN Missoula. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does each Monday and Tuesday. We do this every Monday through Friday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula from 4 to 6 p.m. We were going to get into some baseball, but then I got caught up ranting about the state of men's college basketball again. I will say this. I thought that the broken culture of men's college basketball is also directly affecting the on-court product and making it an inferior product to any basketball you could watch on television. The NBA, women's college basketball, all of it, until this tournament. The tournament has revitalized my thought of the quality of the basketball. I do think we've reached a crossroads in men's college basketball with... uh, I think that the the athleticism plus the game planning is catching up with the officiating, and I think the officiating is also catching up with the evolution of the game. So I think the games have been a lot cleaner, which makes for a better product, and people are running a lot more spread stuff, so it's just a more appealing level of basketball. That was a big observation to me when we were in Indianapolis and just watching the tournament. Yeah. How much better is the level of officiating? Or, I hate saying this, or how bad is the officiating we get to see with our own eyes? Dude, I think I seriously think that there's a huge Man. I think there's a huge reality to refing in front of empty stadiums makes the refing way better. I truly think when Grizz and Bobcat fans are talking about how the Grizz and Bobcats get homered at home, they don't. I think that the refs just don't have the acumen to be able to ref in those sorts of atmospheres. That's why the games are way cleaner when they play in Cedar City because there's nobody there. That's why they also need to uh, make sure they try and get a one big ref in. Just All you need is one good ref to kind of control those big crowds. But neither here nor there. We went off on enough tangents today. Miss anything of the show? Did the Montana Football Hour, broke down Central Washington. We'll give you more on Central Washington tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. The Grizz play their first of two spring games this weekend. Also heard from Brent Vegan, the head coach for the Montana State Bobcats, give you some more analysis of what we saw over at Bobcat Stadium this weekend tomorrow. And then we also talked a little bit about the Big Sky Conference spring season and who remains contenders for the playoffs. We also talked the state of men's college hoops as well as about Gonzaga and how they became what they became. Give you a little preview of the men's tournament championship game tonight. If you missed anything in the show, presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, as well as Sportsbet Montana. Tomorrow, all sorts of stuff to talk about. More Central Washington coverage. We are also efforting a whole bunch of great guests for later on this week. Going to catch up with Bobby Houck. I was not there for the interview today, but I did have some people taking care of me as far as the audio goes, so we will have some sound bites from Coach Houck. Also efforting Jace Lewis, senior linebacker for the Grizzlies, to join us sometime this week. We'll hear from Troy Anderson from Montana State. Got a chance to catch up with him. Ty Gregorak, who people know coach for the Grizzlies. He also coached for Central Washington for a year. So he will swing by on Thursday. So we'll talk about uh, that overlay.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 